so we've been touching on uh, a great theme in the scriptures, and we, we, I began to share about <clears throat> the high priest Aaron, who was a type of Christ, and all his, what he had on, and what, he, what was necessary for, for him to have on to go into God, and then to come out and minister. And we know that in John 3, verse 27, it says, a man can receive nothing except it come from heaven. And, and that's why in John 3, 30, he must increase, right, in us. Uh, but we must what? We must decrease. And, of course, we can't decrease until we know and experience the increase about who Christ is in us. And so when we talk about those things, um, when we go into the priesthood, and we're going to just describe the priest. At some point, too, we want to get into all the types, the furniture, <clears throat> every single thing about it, and what it meant, and what it pointed to in terms of Christ. Because all of that was just the shadow. Until, and that was the type. The, sh the type is a shadow. And Christ is the substance, the great anti-type. So with every type, there has to be an anti-type. With every shadow, there has to be substance. <clears throat> you wouldn't even have a shadow without that substance. But when you read Exodus, and we'll get into these chapters in a deeper way as God leads us in Exodus uh, in 28 and verse 29, those go into the type of, of Aaron and who he was as the high priest. But when we read those Aaron was a type of that. This is what we have to read, and the reason we have to do it, the reason we have to do that is because for us who are in Christ, we are in him who's the great antitype. We're in him and he's, because he's in us, and that's a fantastic thing, and that's the difference between us as his church, his bride, his body, versus those that were his earthly people, we're his heavenly people. Right? We're his heavenly people. So Christ, even, even before he actually put on humanity, he was that substance, but yet to come. And that's why there was a shadow of these types. But we're in him. And so we look back. And so God uses everything about the truth about who we are in Christ right now. And we can look back and learn and glean so much. And we will do that for all eternity. See, this, this book, this Bible that God has given us, okay, that is the full thought of God. And he will be teaching us for all eternity. In other words, we're going to continue to grow. What kind of life do we have in us right now? It's eternal life. So for all eternity, we're going to grow and learn about that. Because we have Christ in 1 John 5, 11. He is that eternal life that's in us. We have that eternal life. And thank God for that. And so, but when we, we need to know our position in Christ right now. That's why the book of Ephesians is so crystal clear, so obvious and necessary. And we've said this before. <clears throat> to get to receive Christ and to understand how that should happen, we need the book of the Gospel of John, especially in the third chapter. And we need the book of, of uh, Romans, too, to understand those things. But, and, and 
but when we understand, when we need to grow in our position and in our experience, there's where we need to get into the book of Ephesians. So once we're saved, the book of Ephesians should be extremely laid for us. That's the foundation. The foundation of that is Christ himself in 1 Corinthians 3, 10 and 11. And if I don't know and understand that foundation that Christ is, do I rest on it? And so that's what Psalm 11, verse 3 says. If the foundations be destroyed, what will the righteous do? Now, we can't be destroyed in our position in Christ. That, that's fixed and done. But can it happen in our experience? Yeah, it sure can. But we are in Christ right now. That's the book of Ephesians. We're in him right now. We're complete. We're finished. Right? But what we need to see when we look back at the type of Exodus 28 and 29, the type that Aaron was, this is Christ who is our great high priest. So when we look at that, we're going to look at what Paul the Apostle was teaching Christians, Jewish Christians, just like we have to do it today. And the reason I say that is, when you look at the book of Hebrews, when we understand that when Paul was speaking to them, they were born again. They were, as, as Christ, Jews, as Christians, they were in Christ. Judaism was over. They weren't to identify themselves by the law, by legal works or anything. That was finished in Christ. Because in John 19.30, he finished it. He's our great high priest. We're going to see the difference between priests, a priest, priests, and the great high priest. And how that works. The fact of the matter is, Paul was teaching them, and that's why it's called Hebrews, because he was speaking to Jews that were under the law. They received Christ. They got all this beautiful teaching about who they were. And what did they do when you don't go forward? You go back. And what were they going back to? Judaism, legalism, fleshly works, confusion. And that won't happen today. When, we, when you hear things taught like this, and I don't say it in any arrogance at all or any pride, because again, 1 Corinthians 8, 2, none of us know anything like we ought to. And we're going to grow for eternity. And only God, God is his only interpreter. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> That's why he's the only scholar. He's the only theologian. Because God is his own interpreter. And he has interpreted himself through his son. And that happens by the power of the Holy Spirit. So these Jews, these Jewish Christians, and gosh, back in the early, early, very early 70s, when I was in a certain location in a certain state, you know, there was just a lot of just new te teaching, and there was a lot of missing teaching. There was God was faithful through faithful men as far as they could go. But then you heard all about Jews for Jesus, and it became this whole movement. I don't know, is there such a thing as an Italian Christian? An El Salvadorian Christian? You know? A Hungarian or wherever certain individuals are from? Or is there an Irish Christian? Or is there a Jewish Christian? We lose all old distinction. Lose it all. And we all become one in the church in Christ. So these Jews, and that's the prayer of Jesus in John 17, 11, 21, and 22. And you can't be one. 
And when you're one, is the two thoughts and confusion. Because that's what confusion is, trying to think two things. That's where confusion comes from, and God's not that author in 1 Corinthians 14, 33. So, God, so Paul, God, used the apostle Paul. I mean, who would know Judaism better than him? Who? Read Philippians, the third chapter. Who knew Judaism better than that guy? I mean, he was their lead guy. And it's the scriptures, God himself, that declares that about Paul when he was Saul. He wasn't declaring that about himself, okay? It was the word of God in Philippians, the third chapter. So he, knowing Judaism and the danger and the evil of it and the confusion that's in it, and really the selfishness that was in it, who could better describe it? But he couldn't until he met Christ. And Christ gave him all those, what is known as Pauline epistles, they're in Christ epistles, that are all ours, that was given to Paul, who God raised up in Acts the ninth chapter. What was he doing before, before he met Christ? <laughs> oh my God. In John 16, too, he was killing the body of Christ. So again, not to get away from that, but to establish the foundation, these Jews were going back, once they were in Christ, they were going back to the law again. And so here's the scriptures to help us understand the type in Exodus 28 and 29, the type, the shadow, Aaron. But look at what it says in Hebrews. And this is where we're going to go to in Hebrews. And some think, oh, Hebrews is not necessary for us in terms of Christ. Well, <laughs> we wouldn't even recognize certain things without the full the full canon of scriptures, the full canon of scriptures, the full rule of, of the scriptures. But here we are, and here we are in Hebrews, the fourth chapter. Here's Hebrews chapter four. You can read the whole, the whole chapter at some point because you, know, you might take the, you know, the time if God would provide you, and he will. Here's Hebrews, the fourth chapter, and verse 14 through 16. Seeing then... Boy, isn't that important? Right perception, position, experience. Seeing then that we, who's the we? All those that are in Christ, and he's teaching the Hebrews this, and we need to constantly be reminded that we have a great high priest. Now, when it says great high priest, even when Paul wrote this, when God the Holy Spirit used Paul as a pen, because of the hatred of the Jews towards him once he left them, there's two reasons why. First and foremost, the first reason you don't see Paul's name here, but you can know he wrote it because he signed every, all of his epistles, it was grace, mercy, and truth. The grace of our God be with you in some form. It was about grace. The antithesis to law, legalism, flesh, everything about Christ. Because if there's grace, it's all about the person and the work of, of Christ that he has already accomplished on behalf of those who are in him, and that's us. So, but when you see this, there's two reasons why he wrote Hebrews 3, verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, who are we in our position? Holy. Are we in our experience? There's obedience, there's growth, there's grace, there's truth, and then all of those things. 
So it says, wherefore, holy brethren, listen, partakers of the heavenly calling. He's trying to teach them like God would teach us this morning. Our life is heavenly. It's above the earth. The Jews were and are his earthly people. He will be their prophet, priest, and king, their Moshiach, their Messiah, during millennial reign and only during then. But right now, who are we? We are a heavenly people, and he's teaching this to the Jews because then they're going back into the fleshly works. Can we do that? Yes. Why? We're going to see it. Because do we see that we really do have a high priest? Do we need to be one? Can we be one without him? Are we, in our own individuality, to be, in that sense, priest? Yes. Because the life of the great high priest is ours. He's, he's in us and we're in him. So Hebrews 3 verse 1 says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our, and where it says profession, cross it out, because that's the wrong word, it's confession. And boy, does that go into something for us that are in Christ. Because when we confess our sin in 1 John 1, 9, what are we confessing? His person, the accomplishment of his work, and what I did, he paid for, and I confess it. And I put my foot in his hand. My, my, my foot. I don't need my whole body washed in John 13, 1 through 10 and through 11. I don't. I just need my feet cleansed. Right? Consider the apostle and high priest of our confession. So even when we fail, what are we confessing? We're confessing this is not who we are. What I did is no longer me. I don't have to pay a price for it. I don't have to play with sin. I don't have to trifle with it. I don't have to do that. It's not who I am. Romans 7, 17 and 20. It is no longer I that do it, but sin, that nature that dwells in me that I am not of in Romans 8, 9. The flesh is in us, but we're not of it because the Holy Spirit is the seal and guarantee that we are Christ's, that we are own. We're not our own. We're his temple, right here. Where's tabernacle? His temple. In 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 16, and in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, we're not our own. We're not our own. And we will become our own if we lose sight of our great high priest, our heavenly calling. So Paul's teaching them, and God is teaching us this morning, that, we do, that we're holy brethren in our position, and as we're partakers of that heavenly calling, in our experience, right, we'll, we'll experience the reality of that we have an apostle, the apostle, the apostle, and high priest of our confession, Jesus Christ. So when the enemy comes in and accuses us in Revelations 12, verse 10, when we fail, what are we doing? Yeah, I did it, but it's not who I am. I'm confessing my Savior. My, I, have a great, I have an apostle, great high priest. Thank you, Lord. Godly sorrow about the sin? Yes. Godly sorrow about it? Yes. Worldly sorrow? No. But until I confess the reality and a proper experience through having my foot cleansed, will I still experience worldly sorrow? Yeah. But he even gave us confession. 
so that we can, we can have a godly sorrow that is never without regret. When it says in 2 Corinthians 7.10, a godly sorrow without repentance, that's not at all what it says. <laughs> there is a change of mind. When that change of mind happens, right? I no longer live in the lie in my experience about the truth of my position. I no longer live in it. And when I confess it, there's, there's a cleansing. But to do that, I have to put my foot and my, he's my savior, he's my Lord, he's my apostle, he's my great high priest. And boy, when we get into these things, they are so incredible. I mean, there's just no, no, no glorious, magnificent, majestic, beautiful end to it ever, ever. And God has qualified us because we're in Christ. He's given us eternal life so that we can know these things because they are of the eternal mind of God through Christ, and they are incredible. So he, our confession is Christ Jesus, right? That's why Paul, he wrote it because that was his. His personally, he's ours personally. You know, we have a personal great high priest, an apostle. You want to talk about a messenger? That's what an apostle means, a special, a special messenger. I don't know. Is Christ the Word? Is He the very message of God Himself? And He came. You know, the Word that was always with God in John 1, 1 and 2, He put on humanity. And the Word became what? Flesh. And dwelt among us and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten, uniquely begotten one. He was filled up with all that grace and truth is. And boy, are we filled up in Him in Colossians 2, 9 and 10. And when we see Him, we see how far above everything that happens to us here we are in him. And that's a huge thing to understand. So Paul, first he's writing this extremely personal and individual and experiential. But he also didn't put his name so that they would receive it. Right? Because the truth of the matter is everything that he had, who was it of? It was Christ. And hopefully they wouldn't reject the message. They may reject the messenger because he was a Jew. And then he became in Christ and lost all that, encountered it in Philippians 3.8, dung. And that's the reason. But now we want to get back to Hebrews, the fourth chapter. And this is, for, this is the fulfillment of Exodus, those types of Aaron in Exodus 28 and 29. So in 4.14 it says, seeing then, that we, all of us in Christ, have a great high priest. Who's greater? A great high priest that is passed into the heavens. Jesus, in his humanity, the Son of God. Oh, there you go. That is when God, the Son, became a man in John 1, 14. He became a man forever. And as a man, the only man, he could pass in, right into the heavens. And guess who we took with him in our position? And we're just waiting. Is the position secure? Is it done? Is it finished? Where are we on our way to? To be with Christ in heaven. We're a heavenly people. Again, that's the book of Ephesians. So seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our what? Is it profession or confession? It's confession. Confession speaks of an, of an inward 
experiential, intimate reality of a true and righteous position. <coughs> See the di- position, experience, right? Position, experience. Standing, position, state, experience. What is my state right now? What is my condition? Is that what I'm growing in? Based upon my position in Christ. So let us hold fast our confession. Because he's not letting us go. He never will, never could. Do we in our experience? Here's verse 15. For we have not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Did he feel our infirmities? He did. But was in all points, was he tempted? Do we, was he? No, he was tested. Remember? He was tested. He had no sin nature. He had a human nature. So he could feel everything that you and I do in our humanity. Okay, but what do we do with it if we don't hand it over to him? We function in that fallen humanity. He never had fallen humanity. So, but was in all points tested, it says, like as we. See, his test, his test was not whether he would obey or not. <laughs> That's ours. <laughs> But he's given us the means to do so. He is the means himself. But was in all points tested like as we, and then when it says, without sin, without sin is nature. Apart from sin. He had no sin nature, had a human nature. Wow, incredible. Let us, who's us? That's all us in Christ. Therefore come what? Boldly. That's 1 John 4, 17. We're to have boldness in the day of judgment. Why? Because as he is, so are we. And right now in this present evil world. Right now. Why? Why? Because he took all judgment, our judgment on him on Calvary. And we're just as free as he is right now in our position. How about our experience? This is what we're learning this morning. Let us therefore come boldly, right? Because as he is, so are we. In this present world, therefore, we're to have boldness in the day of judgment. Why? Because as he is in heaven right now, seated above everything, finished, so are we right now in this present evil world. So I'm on my way. I'm not settling down here in this world system. I'm on my way through a meeting, a face-to-face meeting with him in 1 Corinthians 13, 12. That's everything about me. Nothing in me is settled here. It's settled where? In Christ in heaven. And as far as the heavens are above the earth, so far as his thoughts, which is his word, which is his son, in Isaiah 55, verses 8 through 11. And that word will accomplish what he sent it to do. And did Christ do that? He most certainly did. And he did it for each of us individually. So is there any fear in love in 1 John 4, 18? Is there? No. No, because love that has perfected every single thing about you and I individually is already perfected. It's already completed. Love has already completed itself in us through Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're complete. Because fear has what? It's kolasis, K-O-L-A-S-I-S, kolasis, has fear. Fear, fear has what? Kolasis, torment, torture, punishment. Oh, God. And what do we, in the flesh, what do we do? Fear. We're tortured by it. He can't, the enemy can't touch our position in Christ. 
can't. But whoa, does he, boy, does he go after the experience. When my experience is not the equal of the reality of my position in him. And so, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of what? What's the throne for you and I right now? Grace. Why? Because who's seated there at the right hand of the Father? Psalm 110, verse 1. Scores of others that we'll share where he's seated. And we're seated in him positionally. Right? At the throne of grace. And constantly that we may obtain what? Mercy and find grace to help what? In the time of what? Need. Can we meet our needs? Why do we have a, a, a great high priest, an apostle? and a great high priest. Because what in ourselves have we met or can we meet? Because without him, what can we do in John 15 and verse 5? Without him, we can do what? No thing. Listen to that. Nothing. No what? No thing. That's why in 1 John 2, 15, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. No thing. If any man love the world, the love of the Father through Christ and their experience is what? It's not, it's not in them. It just isn't. See? Not that he doesn't love us. There's no time he doesn't in Christ. But what about my experience? You see? And thank God we do have a great high priest. Because I'm going to tell you, you know what that great high priest is doing? And we will share this as we have to wrap this up pretty soon here. So that's Hebrews 4, 14 to 16. And now we have Hebrews, the fifth chapter. And let's look at those uh, first five verses. For every high priest taken from among men is ordained, set. Listen to that. They didn't become this by their own choice, by the way. Aaron did not become a high priest and function in a particular function of a gift. It was in the eternal mind of God, okay? No man chose himself. John 15, 16, you've not chosen me, but I've chosen you. That's why ordination and going certain places to become a pastor is not even scriptural, okay? It's, that doesn't have a single thing in the mind of God and in, his, in the perfection of his plan. For every high priest taken from among men is set for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. Now, in type, that's what Aaron was doing in type. Who fulfilled that? Who was the gift himself? Who was the sacrifice? And who was the offerer? All of that is Christ. We're going to see today, too, not today, but in, in, the, in the near future, how that Christ us in him, he's our prophet, priest, and king, and how we, when we function in him, we are prophets, priests, and kings in him. <laughs> and we're going to see that in a most beautiful way. So again, here we have it here in the fifth chapter, gifts and sacrifices for sins. Who can have compassion on the ignorant? Who, but do we know anything apart from him or outside of him? No. What is he waiting to do to be in Isaiah 30, verse 18? He'd be gracious. What is love? Flow through, flows through grace. Why? Because when does he not have compassion on us? <laughs> His love is compassionate. 
spells out our image constantly. Spells it out. Who can have compassion on the unlearned? What are we doing right now? All of us continually. We're learning. And on them that are out of the way. So we're either functioning in who we are, and when, we, and when we're out of the way, and who's God's way in John 14, 6? It's Christ. When I function out of the way, I need teaching. I need continual teaching to continue to go forward in who I am and learning in my position experientially. But when I get out of the way, what do I do? Well, I confess it in 1 John 1, 9. And get right back, right back to learning and experiencing the truth of my position in Christ, his compassionate love for me. For that he himself is, is compassed with infirmity. I don't know. When you read Isaiah 53, what did he go through? We talked about that. Those, first, those 12 verses in Isaiah 53. What did he go through? And I, and, and Isaiah 50, verse 6, and Isaiah 52, and verse 14, in the chapters in the Synoptic Gospels, towards the end of those chapters, like Matthew, the 26th and 27th chapters, what he actually went through. He knows about it. He knows rejection in a far deeper way than you and I, but he took all of ours on him on Calvary. He took it. Yeah. He dealt with all the lies, all of those evil things he, he took away. And death did away with him. That's why we're baptized in his death. And baptiz baptism has to do with death, by the way. And out of it comes what? Resurrection, life, above everything. That's our heavenly position. V verse 3, And by reason hereof he ought, as for the people, so also for himself to offer for sins. Jesus Christ, that's Paul teaching through the Holy Spirit in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, for he, God the Father, made him, Jesus Christ the Son, to be the sin sacrifice for us who knew no sin. He had no sin nature. That we might be made, who made us, the righteousness of God in him. And this is what this is bringing out here. To offer for sins. Look at verse 4. And no man takes this honor unto himself. Okay? We know about titles. Pastor's not a title. It's a functioning gift submitted to the head. You don't become one. It was something you were born with based on Jeremiah 1.5, Galatians 1 verse 15, and so on and so forth. You don't become one. It's as simple as that. You need to grow in the reality of who you are in your person because if you don't, your gift doesn't even function properly. So kind of, both are kind of like tied to the head continually and will be for all eternity. And when there's a separation, then there's distance, confusion, lack of reality, bad experience, bad thoughts, bad emotions. No, no man takes this honor unto himself, okay? We don't glory in men. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 21. Furthermore, we don't glory in their gift because then they become the fulfillment of my need and not the gift that's coming through them, which is Christ. Okay? No man takes his honor unto himself, but he that is called of God. You can't, can't even be... I pass the teacher, Ephesians 4, 8 through 11. Called of God. You're not? Okay. Best read 1 Peter 4... 10 and 11. 
Stop trying to function in an ability that you don't have from God. Function in the gift that God has given you and don't think you can replace it. These things are very, very key for us. But he that is called of God, as was Aaron. Who called Aaron? Scripture's saying God did. To teach the Israelites the reality of Christ, who's the only one that would come and fulfill Aaron. Boy, didn't they show him respect? They had better. They showed him respect. And when Christ came, God and humanity, what'd they do to him? They said, not this man, in John 18, 40. They said, furthermore, crucify him, kill him, get him out, John 19, verse 15. Boy, when we function in the flesh, is it any different than us? Is it any different for us? No, we say not this man. No, 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 this is about me. This is my time. This is my schedule. These are my things. This is me. Wow. Well, you want to talk about a confusing life, the flesh. <laughs> so Christ, so also Christ glorified not himself. Uh-oh. God created his humanity. That's right. Christ glorified, three minutes, not himself to be made a high priest. He didn't make himself that. Everything about him, he always did in John 8, 29, the things that please the Father. Just incredible. He didn't choose himself. He didn't choose his humanity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit had a conference. Yeah, an eternal one. We can figure that one out. <laughs> to put on humanity. I don't know. There was no humility involved in that. Not that God had to. But he had to if he was going to put on humility. I don't even understand that. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made a high priest, but he that said unto him, You are my son. Today have I begotten you. Oh boy. These things about the priesthood are incredible when we understand it. When we do. And boy, we need to learn. And boy, we are learning and we're going to go through this I, as God would lead. I still wanted to, to finish up certain things. So, Father, thank you. We praise you. We love you. And thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.